are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Friday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. We are so excited to finally be previewing a game against another basketball team for the Sun Devils. Today, we're going to be talking about the upcoming game against Colorado uh, that is playing on Saturday. Then we're going to be continuing our series uh, specifically on the quarterback position today, taking a look at what went well for the quarterbacks uh, and then what could be uh, essentially improved going into 2022. Uh, That's going to be a lot to talk about as we've talked throughout the season. Jaden Daniels has been a fan favorite and has also become uh, a bit of a disappointment at the same time. Thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Speaking of platforms, we are on Twitter. You can find me, Connor Drios, at Cdrios, and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, content that comes out Monday through Friday, uh, which could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcast. Richie, it is Friday, my man. We are getting closer and closer to that weekend. And of course, a game against the Colorado for the Sun Devils. But how are you doing today? You know what, Connor? I'm doing good. It's the weekend and I'm about to have some fun, especially knowing that it's a three-day weekend. So I get to really relax and unwind. And even better yet, Connor, I have ASU basketball to watch and NFL playoff football to watch. So it's going to be a good weekend. Very, very true. Now, basketball, we're going to be excited watching ASU play no matter what. That being said, going up against Colorado, should we be feeling very good against this team? So far, they're 11-4 and four and then 3-2 and two in the conference. But still, 11-4 uh, and four nonetheless. Um, I haven't looked at all their opponents, so I'm not sure how many of those games were a little bit easier. But the fact that Colorado has such a better record than us, it's obviously very daunting going into this game. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I definitely thought Colorado was a lot worse than 11 and four, like a lot, a lot worse. All that matters is the college record or sorry, the conference record, right? Yes. And we are about to snipe our second win, right? We just have the one over Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. The game against Oregon, correct. Was yeah. Our, so, our first Pac-12 win. First and yeah, only. So we're going to go ahead and snipe our second this weekend when ASU takes down the Buffaloes, uh, 100 to nothing. Go ahead and bookmark that. Right. Richie's clearly been drinking before the Friday podcast. That's great. I guess I'll just do the rest of this by myself. All you got to do is put a Dr. Peppy in my hand. (laughs) Colorado's got a couple of really good players. Jabari Walker, Evan Beatty, uh, and then Keyshawn Bartholomew, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, A couple forwards as well as guard, all averaging over 10 points a game. Overall, the team's just very solid. There's nothing that sticks out to me as bad, but also nothing that sticks out as, oh my gosh, we got to watch out for some of these players. As a team, they're shooting 44.7%, which is very solid. Free throws, they're shooting 72.3%. And they're a three-point percentage. That is is a little bit on the low end, in my opinion. They're at 31.3. ASU is a team shooting under 30%, so they're definitely at least better than us in that category. But overall, Colorado's played very solid this season. It doesn't feel like an unwinnable game. Uh, We don't quite have any of the betting lines since we are recording this on a Friday, and the game is being played on Saturday. But I still have to imagine ASU is not going to be favored, but... ASU's got their work cut out for them. It's not even just so much their opponent, Richie. As we talked, I think it was with Donnie on the podcast when we had mentioned this, they've only played now, including the game against Colorado. It'll be three games in 30 days because it was the game against Florida A&M, and then they played against 
which was like December 19th, if I remember. Then they played against Cal on uh, January 2nd. And now they've essentially had almost two weeks in between those games. So not a lot of time for the essentially this team to be facing some live competition, which I, I think is only going to hurt them, right? Like it, this isn't the kind of team that is just so chock full of talent, so far ahead of everyone else because of how good they play as a team that they could afford all of that time off. So I, I, I really hope ASU can at least hang in there during the first half and they don't dig themselves into a hole. I just, I'm so concerned that Colorado is going to be just so much more, uh, there's going to be so much more continuity as a team on their side that if we start to get into a little bit of a panic because we're not making some of our shots and Colorado is that, that just might be their undoing very early on in this game. Well, and hopefully I remember we talked to Donnie about this as we were saying that this team unfortunately came out like super cold when they played Cal and remember me and you had also talked about it on a previous podcast. We, we had said, is ASU going to be like super cold and rusty with all the time that they've, that they haven't been able to play or are they going to come out explosive? And they came out versus Cal and they were anything but explosive. They were just totally flat. And I, I feel like history is doomed to repeat itself. And, you know, Connor, we, I give our I give us a hard time how negative Nancy's and Debbie Downers we can be about this basketball team, but it's hard not to be with the fact that they can't consistently put points up on the board and get stops on defense because the offense isn't putting out enough, and then the defense gets put in awkward situations, and it just it's it's a big old it, it's a big old cluster of a mess that's going on. So, unfortunately, I just I. I I don't know if I have a ton of faith coming into this week. There's so much time in between these games, Connor, three games in 30 days, football teams play more games in 30 days than Arizona state basketball has. Like that's just absolutely insane to me. And I don't know. I don't know how they plan to have any sort of sustained success with how much time they're going to be missing in between these games. Like it's, it's just so tough for any team, even even like a Baylor, Connor, or a Kansas, or North Carolina, those teams that are consistently dominating whatever basketball game they're playing, I would tell you that even playing three games in a 30-day stretch for them would be tough. Now take into account that Arizona State is entirely, I'm, I'm not going to say deprived of talent at all, because there are studs throughout the roster. There truly are. But they're not even close to being as talented as those other teams I just mentioned. And it, you can only expect so much out of these guys. I feel like we bash them too often, Connor. We do, we do got to realize that they're just they're, we can't expect them to be superstars. I feel like, I feel like maybe sometimes me and you can be a little hypercritical of these guys. So we we need to reevaluate our expectations. And that that was another thing we talked about on a previous episode. So for what it's worth, everybody, if you aren't listening to every episode, you are missing a lot of good conversation between me and Connor. But back to the point at hand. We do have to set our expectations a lot lower, which is something me and you have talked about, and I feel like we've done more effectively. So that's just the biggest thing right now. We really need to just calm down on everything that we want to see out of Arizona State. But focusing on the game tomorrow, you really, really hope that they came prepared, unlike last time against Cal, where they just completely fell flat on the court. Definitely agree there. Uh, so essentially the four losses that uh, Colorado has had this year – uh, they had a, a kind of an odd loss to Southern Illinois, uh, 67-63 back in November. But since then, they've only had three other losses. Number five, UCLA. Number 13, Tennessee. 
and number six, Arizona. Now, none of those games were effectively very close. Uh, so they, they were essentially kind of put off by the rest of those teams. But either way, the majority of their losses have been against very quality opponents. And that's something that you can't say about ASU this year. Not to knock on maybe some of the other teams that they have lost to. Like obviously, they've lost to uh, some very quality opponents at the same time. They've lost to, to Baylor when they were at the Battle for Atlantis. Uh, they lost to uh, Loyola Chicago, right? And then they also played, gosh, who was the other team they played? Third team, but still a very quality team nonetheless. Did you say San so, Francisco? I did not say San Francisco. San Francisco uh, was that other out-of-conference game that we had. They just they weren't at the Battle for Atlantis tournament. I'm, I'm totally blanking on that for some reason. So, uh, But e- either way, the, the quality of opponents that Colorado has lost to versus the ones we have lost to, not, not quite the same. We've lost to a couple ranked opponents for sure, but um, either way, the majority for Colorado. Richie, I'm going to make up. I'm going to make up a spread here since we don't have uh, an actual one put out by Bet Online just yet. If I tell you that the spread is plus ten and a half for ASU, are you taking ASU to cover? Nope. I would like to think, like to think that they're going to be a little bit more uh, prepared. Unlike Cal, where they got blown out by twenty-four points, you would think they could cover about ten. But if I had to take that as well, I think. I'm probably taking Colorado for the sole fact that ASU has got to prove me wrong. You know, it, even if I do end up losing a bet for ASU covering, it just, it feels like until they do, I've won so many more games in the meantime. I mean, I guess in the last 30 days, it would be only a small handful, but uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the actual line is. I'm sure it's not going to be too far off that, but uh, we'll put that on Twitter once that uh, actual, uh, once that actual spread is released. But as of right now, Richie, if we have to take a pick, are you taking ASU to win or are you taking Colorado? Connor, I want to take ASU. I just, I'm, I'm just not confident that they're going to come out ready. And once again, we're not going to have Marcus Bagley, and there is going to be a lot of guys who are going to try and step up in the shooting department. And again, I'm, I'm past like singling out guys. Everyone knows who I'm talking about when I talk about guys who take too many shots and aren't efficient with it. So I have a really bad, sneaky suspicion that we're going to end up digging ourselves into another hole. I hope I'm wrong. I truly do, but I am taking Colorado in this game. I got to agree for the exact same reason. I was just saying, if I can't take ASU to, to even cover 10 points, it's definitely not a very high uh, expectation for them to be able to come in and win this game. I shouldn't say come in because the game is at 10 P as well, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully they can surprise us in a, a very good way, but we look forward to at least watching games, seeing what ASU has been able to do off the court for the last uh, effectively two weeks. Uh, still be good to watch ASU basketball nonetheless. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to the second part of our podcast for you today, talking about the quarterback position, what went well, what did not go so well for the Sun Devils in 2021. But first, we have to talk to you about our friends over at GetUpside. Yeah, so listen to the Sun Devils fans. You know who I am. This is Richie Bradshaw with an incredible app. Everybody who buys gas needs to know about GetUpside. My listeners making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use a promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cash back per gallon on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, like myself, are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no cash. The cash gets added right back into your account. 
And you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE for GetUpside. We also talked to you about BetOnline today. BetOnline would like to wish you a very happy new betting year as we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Sunnival your first listen every day. Locked on Sunnival hosts Richie Bradshaw and Connor Drios talking to you guys. Richie, this is one of the podcasts we've been waiting for, right? There, there's definitely some positions that we've been looking to break down and preview, or I, I should say review, right? Preview is going to be more for, for 2022 specifically, but looking back at this season, it, it's not an understatement to say what a disappointment we saw from Jaden Daniels from uh, essentially one of the number one and or number two, depending on uh, which system you were looking at. Jaden Daniels is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks to commit to ASU, uh, essentially in his commitment year. Very excited for what he was going to be able to do. We've definitely seen his ability to run improve each and every season. Granted, we did see his sophomore season essentially get almost stolen from him, like many uh, of the players in college sports did, as well as sports that year. But that being said, we've seen Jaden almost regress every single year as a passer, which is definitely not the direction we want to go. No, not at all, Connor. So we, we're we definitely going to need to see some positive progression out of Jaden Daniels. And, I mean, here here's the thing. Just here's the thing. There is that potential that he could get back to what he was. I do wonder if part of the issue this year was a new offense, so to speak, quote-unquote, because – because they were so run heavy because they had so many good running backs and because Jaden totally took off as a runner, Connor, we got, we really need to do uh, like more service to how elite of a mobile quarterback Jaden Daniels turned into this year. Like that dude was unbelievable when he got out of the pocket. And if he can start to use that in, in, in his advantage, what, and what, my, what ugh, I can't talk what I mean by that, is manipulating the pocket, manipulating the defense, and then the receivers are also going to ha- catch up with him too. So think think about it like this. For my NFL fans, think about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was able to make his receivers better because what happened when the pocket broke down is Wilson would, scro- would scramble out of the pocket. He'd roll out, and his receivers would just find ways to get open. You had guys like Golden Tate, Tyler Lockett, and Doug Baldwin become household names despite the fact that they weren't necessarily guys that you were talking about every Sunday because they knew how to play with Russ. So now relating this to Arizona state, these receivers are going to have to find a way to start playing to Jaden's strengths. And Jaden needs to take that next step as a confident runner, but he needs to be a confident runner while still looking to pass. And obviously he's got to get more accurate when he is throwing on the run, but Another part of that, Connor, is going to come down to the receiver stepping up and being able to find ways to get open. So I do have some faith that 
if that all matches together, that Jaden will take positive progression in his career. And honestly, I don't think it's like too out of the realm of possibilities for him because he's already really good at maneuvering the pocket, rolling out and making defenders look silly with his legs. So from here, it's just about continuing to refine that, that quarterback mechanic of throwing the ball when he's on the run. And for receivers, like maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm ignorant, but I don't think it's going to be too much of an adjustment to break off your route and just find a way to get open so that your quarterback can find you. So I think that should be a quote unquote, easy adjustment for the receivers. It's just going to be a matter of Jaden continuing to refine his ability to throw outside of the pocket. Definitely agreed. So as far as what went well for Jaden this last year, really one of the only metrics or statistics we can look at was his completion percentage as a passer. Uh, Previous career high was 60.7 as a freshman. Again, he only played in four games, but it dipped to 58.3. But only in four games, it probably was not going to stay there after uh, you play another, like, what, at least eight games, uh, maybe a bowl game if they got to that as well. Uh, But Jaden Daniels spiked his... uh, uh, completion percentage up to 65.4% this year, but that's, that's about it because the yards were almost 600 yards less than his freshman year on only, uh, what does that turn out to be? That is uh, about 37 less attempts. So yes, he did pass a little bit more as a freshman in one less game, but only 37 attempts for almost 600 yards. That's, that's a huge difference. Um, average yards per attempt dipped from a career high from 8.7 to 7.9, which is the worst of his career. Same thing of air yards per attempt dipped from uh, essentially his first two seasons were above nine down to 7.1. There were things that did improve this year. Like I had mentioned with the completion percentage, but I think the most alarming thing was probably the interceptions, Richie, especially after his freshman year where he went 17 to two, 17 to two as a passer. And even if that wasn't totally sustainable, Jaden Daniels did not strike me as a guy that was going to be very just loose with the football. Now, granted, granted, in like those 10 interceptions, can we look back and maybe one, maybe two weren't his fault? Maybe. Like at the end of the day, like when interceptions happen, you can kind of see sometimes players like look at each other downfield like, hey, you were supposed to go right, not left. Like you were supposed to keep running your route. Why'd you stop? Those things do happen. But that being said, from him to go from essentially uh, 17 to two and then five to one to 10 to 10, that's alarming. It just, it really is. So he's got to get better at that. We're we're not so much asking for him to just double those touchdowns and go from like 20 to five, which that would be totally ideal. Totally, totally ideal. But at the same time, uh, Jaden Anders probably just isn't that guy. If he can at least uh, increase his passing touchdowns from this last year and be a little bit more efficient, even if it's not his best statistical season as a quarterback, he just, he can't repeat what he did as a passer. If he wants to remain effective on the ground and still be able to play a little bit of a catch up sometimes from behind, uh, he's got to figure out how to pass the ball a little bit better. So maybe that's working a little bit more to its receivers in the offseason or getting some better receivers to throw to as well. But Jaden Daniels being a very turnover-prone quarterback was probably one of the biggest surprises to me this year. Oh, it had to be the biggest surprise, Connor, because not only was he 17-2 to as a freshman, he was 5-1 to as a sophomore in four games. So, Connor, he had 22 touchdowns to three picks in – um, doing the math in my head, 17 games. Yeah. 17 games, 17 games, Connor, 22 touchdowns to three interceptions. And then he comes out this year. He only throws 10 touchdowns, but he matches it with 10 interceptions. 
there's no one in their right mind who would have been able to predict that, even with the fact that this receiving core was very young and there was a lot of, um, of unfamiliarity between between Daniels and his new receivers. I understand that, but nobody would have predicted the interceptions. Like, sure, we could have said, like, you know what? He probably is just going to stick in that 15 to 17 touch passing touchdown range, and maybe he'll add a little on the ground. And he did improve tremendously as a runner, but he regressed so much as a passer because it wasn't even just the turnovers, man. He was missing guys consistently. The ball was not well-placed whatsoever on uh, on a routine basis. And it just, there were times, Connor, where you're just shaking your head like, dude, you're making these throws as a freshman. You're a junior now. Like you just, you wonder how he's gone so, so far backwards. But hey, Connor, this, this could just be some kind of slump. You know, maybe, maybe it's a one-year wonder in the sense of, He's just had one bad year and he's going to bounce back and have a great senior year. Cause remember I am manifesting the Jake Plummer senior year. I am continuing to manifest that, but I, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world considering we have two seasons before that where he was a great quarterback. So maybe this is just an outlier kind of a year, you know, there, there is that possibility that that's the case, but nonetheless, there is a lot that Jaden needs to improve on bottom line. I will hold back on using the word great, in my opinion, from the previous two years, not even because we didn't have a lot to see last year, um, but he was a, a much better quarterback. I would say much more in that good category. Not like he was tossing like 25, 30 touchdowns, but uh, again, that's not even necessarily the style of the offense. So barring like putting up just bonkers numbers, part of what doesn't allow him to do that is essentially the offense that he's going to be playing in. So if he's not attempting closer to like 35 ish, uh, or above passing attempts per game, he's not going to get the opportunity to do that. And I understand that as well. So, uh, but with that, like there, there is still some hope for Jaden, not so much in his career, in my opinion, in the NFL, but as far as what he can do uh, for the Sun Devils this next season, I, I don't feel lost with him as our quarterback. The fact that he was so uh, dominant on the ground uh, definitely gives me a little bit of hope. If he can just kind of return to what he was doing his freshman year as a passer, uh, at least in terms of the efficiency, that would make him one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12 for sure and giving us a leg up. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on as well, speaking about his rushing upside, he had six rushing touchdowns this year, which was a career high, obviously a, a career high in uh, uh, rushing yards as well, almost doubled what he had his freshman year at 355. He had 710 this year. Uh, and, and again, you also have to take into consideration all the sacks as well. So he probably had closer to like, uh, 830 to 850, somewhere in that range as well. Uh, and plus there were several big runs called back, dude. There's probably two or three. I would be willing to bet like 30 plus t- uh, yard touchdown runs called back for Jaden. And granted, like there's times where the the hold on the offensive line or whatever had called that penalty back totally deserved it. But there's other times where like maybe the uh, play was called on the opposite direction where Jaden was going and it didn't really affect the play. So those kinds of suck, uh, kind of suck, but we know the upside that Jaden Daniels has as a rusher. He just needs to essentially return to what he did as a passer uh, his freshman year, and we will have a legit shot of upgrading this offense in 2022. Perfect. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to essentially the last part of the podcast, talking a little bit more about how they can improve that going into 2022, uh, specifically at the quarterback position. But first, we're going to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, 
make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which are chalky, waxy, or even just taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And by like week three, you're sitting there and wondering, it's just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Here's the best part. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many different flavors too, ranging from cookies and cream to mint brownie, coconut almond, raspberry, and so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So be sure to check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Locked on Sun Devils, Connor Drews, Richard Bradshaw, talking to you guys. Last part of the podcast for today, talking about what they can do to improve the quarterback position in 2022. Now, Richie, a couple, I guess like a month, month and change or so ago now, we had kind of speculated, is Jaden Daniels returning? Is he going to transfer? What were the plans? Because uh, not so long ago, we had talked about maybe Spencer Rattler coming into the building. Now, we kind of figured Jaden wasn't going to be declaring for the draft. So if we didn't get some other name in the building, it was probably going to be Jaden Daniels or Bust. And that's what ended up happening. So uh, overall, not a lot has changed so far at the position or at the, the receivers that he's throwing to. I would say at least in a positive way, right? There's more, uh, I feel like there's more guys either graduating or leaving the program that we do have other upside players coming in. I would like to get one more weapon for him to throw to. Uh, kind of how we had the Xavier Valade come in, uh, which was a very exciting addition to the ground game. If we can get somebody to come in as a, a kind of a go-to weapon to be able to compliment a Ricky Pearsall, to be able to get Jaden Danner's confidence up, that would be huge. And to me, Jaden improving, it starts with his confidence. There's just times where it felt like in spurts, in my opinion, they didn't throw the deep ball very well or even attempt it very often. There was a game, and I, I can't remember who their opponent was um, later in the season, but uh, Jaden had hit Andre Johnson for like two, or at least he targeted him for like almost back-to-back deep balls. And Johnson at least came up with one, if not both of them. And it was like, a, I, I wish we could attempt these a little bit more. You're not going to connect on all of them, but I really feel like if you can just get Jaden Daniels completing some of these bigger passes, in my opinion, I think that would go a long way for him as a passer in 2022. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the biggest things that was so successful for him in his first two years was being able to hit that deep ball and truly be able to hit all three all, all three levels of, of the field was getting those short, short underneath passes. It's something that he's been working on every year. The intermediate game, something he's been working on every year. The deep ball, Connor, he's always had that. He had that as a freshman. He showed it as a sophomore, and there were glimpses of it this past year. And you just, you wish he hit it more consistently this year. But the previous two years, yeah, Jaden had, he had the stones to be able to throw it way down the field and know that he was going to get a complete pass to one of his star receivers. So I I think, and again, we've talked about this plenty of times. It, it's going to come down to really just rebuilding the chemistry between him and these receivers in order to 
develop that downfield ability. And we, we saw that potential with guys like Andre Johnson. And I truly hope that he can turn, turn the corner this year and become a more complete receiver. But I would love for him to also become that deep threat that Arizona state desperately needs. I, I think the rest of the supporting cast, like your Ricky Pearsall's and your LV Bunkley Shelton's can provide a spark in that area. But I think that Andre could be the go-to guy there, but focusing on Jaden, you just got to find a way to get his confidence back up. And that's going to be with making those short, easy passes that will lead up to him taking that deep shot, Connor. So I, I think the biggest thing here, we got to rebuild that confidence. We got to get the turnovers out of his head because it, it feels like a lot of times he was playing almost spooked to me. Yep, so I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it, it's going to be a matter of getting that confidence back. And I agree with you. You got to get that deep ball going again because we know he can do it. Now, I don't think it's crazy to say there's probably a camp out there somewhere in Tempe. Maybe it's, it's Jaden Daniels family. Uh, but there, there's probably people that think, well, look at who he was throwing to. How's he supposed to be able to hit the deep ball when he doesn't really have anybody to throw to? Like, we get that. Both Rich and I get that. Like, we, we hear what you're saying. Uh, we hear what you're putting in our DMs. We see it. Like, I, I don't think you're wrong. But at the same time, Jaden Enos has not been the kind of guy, in my opinion, to elevate the talent around him. I think he has been a byproduct of the success, uh, mainly Nikhil Harry, Brennan Ayuk, a Frank Darby. Um, and in this case, even Rashad White, Jaden Daniels, there were certainly games where he felt like he was just missing where all he could have done in that game was handed off to Rashad and he was going to do the rest of the work. So uh, if Jaden can also be the type of player, I don't question his leadership. I see a lot about Jaden Daniels either on the sideline or even articles that I read. I don't hear a lot about people talking specifically about Jaden and his leadership and his ability to uh, essentially like move other players. I, I do think he is that guy, uh, whether he is like that kind of raw, raw guy or not. I, I think he has that quality to him. That being said, as far as elevating his talent, uh, throwing specifically receivers open, uh, knowing the playbook inside and out, I'm not saying he doesn't know the playbook, but it just there, Rich, you had made a point earlier in the podcast talking about like, even in the short to intermediate games, there were just throws that were so off that, it didn't matter who he was thrown to that receiver was not coming up with that ball. And that even led to some of the, the 10 interceptions that he had this year. So if he can also elevate the talent around him while also getting better players to be able to throw to, that would go such a long way for him uh, and this offense moving forward, because if one is so dependent on the other, can it work? Sure. But that would include either getting a really big name in the program or Jaden Daniels taking a huge leap and making some of the, lesser known receivers on this team, or at least in the PAC 12 serious threats in 2022. So ideally, if you can meet somewhere in the middle, uh, improve who Jaden Daniels is throwing to, but Jaden also becoming a better overall quarterback uh, by making the talent around him a little bit better. Uh, I think that would also be huge for this team next year. hundred percent. I just, I, I feel like I can't add on too much more to that Connor. So that's definitely what is we're it because be we talked for? about Jaden Daniels like at large for a lot of the season of like what the heck has happened to him because I I know we've almost exhausted that narrative but until he can kind of rebound like it just it is what it is it's what we have to go off of I, yeah so we just we we've almost like just fed a fed horse up until there's there's not much more to talk about here with Jaden so if if you guys want to hear everything we've had to say about Jaden listen to every single podcast I challenge you. If you go and listen to every single podcast, I will give you the biggest hug 
you've ever seen at an ASU tailgate this year. With that, let's go ahead and end the podcast for you today. If you have a little bit more specifically about Jaden, like tweet at us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page, and we can uh, connect with you guys through there. So that's going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. We have content that comes to you Monday through Friday uh, via the way of podcasts, where you can find us on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you guys get your podcasts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure to come back next Monday. We're going to be talking specifically about the ASU basketball game and hopefully what will be a win against Colorado, getting back in that win column, but also talking about the defense as we continue our uh, our review series of uh, essentially what went right and what went wrong, how we can improve that going into next season. We will be talking specifically about the defense starting on Monday. Defense, now baby. Your, now make your second listen locked on bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you so much for making, or sorry, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.